Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we're FNA Van Life. Today we are speaking with Leandro. He is a van lifer or combi liver. Combi life. Who lives in Brazil. So we're really excited to get this new um, perspective on van life in another country. It seems our last couple of podcasts have all been very internationally focused. Which is kind of awesome because you're getting an opportunity to hear about and listen to travel in different places, which we don't normally get the best perspective from when we go to like mass media or big news. They normally tell us to stay away from those places a lot of the time. So I'm grateful when I get to get the real inside scoop of these places and people who travel in these foreign countries. And it's also pretty cool that people all over the world are listening to our podcast yeah. and finding it across all of the many places that you can listen to podcasts. So we want to thank all of our international listeners. We Heck would yeah. love to know um, where you're listening in from. So if you want to just drop us a DM or leave a review on the podcast, wherever you listen to it, and let us know where you guys are in the world. Because it's so cool that van life, you know, is spreading its tentacles all over the globe. Yeah, and it might not be as popular in certain places, but it's becoming more popular and more sought after, which then in turn allows the community to grow and allows you guys to be a part of this community, everybody out there, and you get information from all different ends to really get to understand what it's like to live this lifestyle. I find it amazing that there are so many people out here interested in it, and not just interested in it, but ready to live it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the kind of people that we love to talk to, people who are ready to take the dive into van life. You know, we get a lot of messages from people who are, like, in the research phase of van life, and Mm -hmm. so they're absorbing every single thing that they possibly can about this lifestyle, and we hope that these podcasts kind of give you different perspectives from different people on the road, different locations, different lifestyles. Uh, Leandro works full time from his van. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, something different that we don't always see. And so it just kind of, you know, the point of having all these different guests on is to show anybody that they could live van life because there's so many different people doing it that there is a solution to any problem or any lifestyle challenge that you could come up with to stop you from living van life. This is not a way of saying that it's easy. We're telling you that it's possible. Just like anything else in life that you're trying to achieve, you must work hard to continue it or make it happen. One or the other. Um, Or both even. Right? Absolutely. So the cool thing about Leandro too is the fact that he is an avid listener of the podcast. So we told all you guys, if you want to be on it, you know, shoot us a message. He was one of the people that shot us a message. And sure enough, He made it to the podcast. So if you want to be on the podcast, make sure to shoot us a message as well. We're only going to really do nomadic living. So make sure that you're a part of that community. (laughs) Uh, You can't just be like you play basketball. 
you know? Well, you could, and you then could. Frankie would be like, let's go for a pickup game. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know about the podcast, you know, avenue for you. <laughs> but anyways, if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you'll know that this is the exact moment that Paco decides he is ready to play and bite and scratch <laughs> and, like, pay attention to me because... I do not like that you guys are working right now. I think he just wants to get on the mic, but the thing is is that he knows that if he does, he'll make the sound quality spike. So he's just, you know, he's trying to do his thing in the background. Buddy, you want to be on the show? Can you say hello? Uh, he, he gave you guys kisses on the mic. I don't know if you can hear it, but we'll try to leave it there. <laughs> Regardless of the matter, we're going to get into this podcast real soon. But first, before we get into the podcast, do you want to give him an update on the road, babe? I would love to do an update from the road. We are currently in Huntington Beach, California. This has been our little home base for the last little while. Frankie has a friend here who... He actually met in New York snowboarding. Mm -hmm. She moved out to California about five years ago. And so it's been great to kind of hang out. We're parked outside of her apartment. And, you know, they've been super generous in terms of letting us, you know, shower and use the bathroom and come and go. And they've made us some delicious meals, which is amazing. And we're even going to collaborate with them when we when they get back and we get back. We're going to do a day where we get to work out with Dorota. Um, she owns a business that she helps people with sports injuries and get you back in the shape and understanding your body. So we're going to do a little... Uh, a little thing with her here in the recent in you know the next couple of weeks. So look forward to seeing that. If you guys don't know, you can follow us on YouTube. And her boyfriend is actually a kind of healthy living fitness and Low food sugar. coach. Uh, he runs a business called Low Sugar Fitness, and so he's actually been really great in helping us kind of dial in our diet mm -hmm. and you know make some better healthier choices so if you are looking for help in that kind of avenue you could either check out low sugar fitness on instagram or is it plateau to peak yes plateau to peak yeah so check out our friends if you're needing help in any kind of the fitness ways we would love to support them uh because they have been so incredibly generous to us and i'll be honest they've been cooking almost every single night that we've been here <laughs> And uh, the food has been absolutely delicious. So whatever meals that you're going to find through them are going to be delicious. So you're not going to be let down um, when it comes to a low sugar diet. There you go. So I think our plan from here is to kind of boogie around California for the next month or so. We have friends, it seems, are popping up all over the place. So mm -hmm. we have um, a little van life meetup that we're going to this weekend uh, maybe we can get a podcast or two out there. That'd be cool. And then we have um, some other friends up in the Palo Alto area. We have some friends in Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. So we're kind of going to be bopping around California for the next little bit before we drop into Mexico at a completely unknown, undecided unsure of date undisclosed undisclosed date yeah yeah we're not sure we're still trying to figure that out obviously there's some things that we have to do to get ready for that and if you want to learn more about that go back a couple episodes um to our conversation that we had with zeki who kind of explains everything that you need to know about going to mexico and beyond um but so we have to get our ducks in a row we're waiting on some friends we're kind of just like feeling out the timing Obviously, it would be great to get into Baja while it's still winter, but yeah. California is pretty warm right now to me. Yeah, yeah. I will say one thing that is very, 
unique about United States or America and van life is that every corner that you turn, everywhere you go, there's an opportunity to meet another van lifer and possibly hang out and travel with them, where in Brazil, you don't have that as much. So we're going to get into this chat. You're going to learn more about what it's like to van life in Brazil. And let's jump into it. All right, here we go. How about we start by you kind of just giving us a little rundown, who you are, how you're traveling, kind of like how you got into van life, um, and just like a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Leandro. I'm 28 years old. I'm a developer. Uh, I'm from Brazil. Well, I was 15 years old, and I really, I, I don't know why and how I had this idea to travel. I really always enjoyed hiking, so I had some nomadic so maybe i don't know but then i didn't know how to do it and what it could be but then when i was like 18 i started going to the internet and start seeing people doing that and i just said whoa that's for me and then i was able to build my to buy my combi the idea was to do it as a street musician but then pandemic came i always enjoyed development and programming, I, I knew a little bit about programming. Uh, so I decided to change my career. And I think it's, the, it's a great career to work as a, so, as a digital nomad. And I've traveled mainly Brazil for about one and a half years now. And now I'm, I have stopped in the countryside uh, in, a, in a city my, my, my dad grow, grow up, grown up to, into. And I'm rebuilding a house to have some place to go back to or maybe rent it for some passive income and then go back on the road. And probably with a van now, I'm I'm wanting to sell my combi and buy a van like yours because it's pretty uh -huh. amazing. <laughs> nice. So I have a ton of questions. First Me off, too. so why don't we talk about, you know, what is a combi for people who don't know? <laughs> yes. And you know, like, what year is it? How does it run? You know, what is it like living in that? Yeah, so combi, you don't use this word in, in, in USA too much. You call it VW bus. So it's a, it's that, that classical hippie car, like yep. the VW bus. Uh, in Brazil, vans are pretty expensive. Any kind of van is pretty expensive because they are mainly uh, imported. So combi is the cheapest one. So people here tend to build a, a van life rig with a combi because it's cheaper. And maybe some of them, after some years, they change to a van. But combi is is an old car. Mine is is from the 90s. It's, uh, its year is 1990. So it's an old car. It runs on gasoline, and sometimes it ha it have some it has some problems, but <laughs> we keep on going, you know. <laughs> so that sounds like a pretty small space. Obviously, you can't stand yes. up fully. Um, oh, so actually, I can. I, oh. I I I knew that it would be very hard to live in a place where it couldn't stand up. So it took me about one year to find the right van, and I found one. Uh, the 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 previous owner wanted to build a food truck, so he raised up the 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 roof. So the roof is high, like I I have rear, here, two two meters high, two two ten high, 
So uh, I can stand up. It's pretty amazing, actually, because I know people who live in a van and they are always seated down and that probably is awful. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great upgrade that you found that vehicle. It reminds me of that song, Raise the Roof. You know what I'm talking about? Raise <laughs> yeah. the Roof. And maybe they made that song for people who were putting in the pop-ups or you know, raising the actual ceiling on their vans. But <laughs> yeah. uh when I when I think about van life, actually, like that's the original thought in my head is those VW like combi buses, you know. Um, which is kind of cool. It's something that I've always thought about, like maybe owning one one day just because like the um authenticity of it i guess you know yeah they they have like this this vibe you know because they were owned by the there's the whole mystic around it they were owned by the hippies and they are people really relate to them uh in this way it's very good i mean it's i i think that if i if i had a van probably many of the people who have helped me along the road maybe wouldn't have because ah. the combi it it brings some i don't know people like to to see a combi in a combi which is a house they, they really like but it, it it also has it it's downsides you know it's a small place it's not a great great car sometimes it has its problems uh so but i, I really enjoyed I, I i i can't complain about it at all like it was a cheap car it it it, it can it does it work uh, and it's my home so i can't complain about it yeah yeah well it's funny that you say that because literally when we were driving to flagstaff last night on our way into flagstaff there was a vw oh how cute there was a vw on the side of the road and two other vws pulled up to help assist with whatever was going on with uh, that <laughs> VW. And it is, you know, when you do see somebody with the same type of van or uh, that that's living in it, you definitely go to help. And yeah, realistically, sure. if I didn't see those two other people that are helping, we would have pulled over and tried to help out in some type of way because we're all about helping other nomads and just helping people in general. Yeah, for sure. Your dog is very cute. I have, oh my God, I have two actually. Oh, there's this small one which I just got. <laughs> really small oh, and so really sweet. <laughs> How is it living with two dogs in such a small space? Are you um, comfortable? <laughs> well, well, yes. I, I actually I just had the big one that you just saw, the, the black one. And when I stopped here in the city, there was my my neighbor. He had a he had this puppy, and I got him. So I didn't travel with both. I I traveled with just the black one, but well, they are living inside the combi. They normally, as I'm in a in the countryside, they stay outside and run outside. But they sleep here. Uh, for now, it's okay. I don't know how much this one will get big, so <laughs> probably I'll have some problems in the future. This might be why you have to upgrade to a bigger van. Yeah, I'm planning on it actually. I went to sell mine in a bigger room. How has Brazil been like living van life, living in the combi? What's it been like traveling through there? Like you said earlier before we started recording, there's not as many young people as more old people doing it. 
If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our van life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. How has Brazil been like living van life, living in the combi? What's it been like traveling through there? Like you said earlier, before we started recording, there's not as many young people as more old people doing it. And why is that? You know, how do you feel about that whole situation? Well, it's a it's an interesting point. You know, like I I don't I probably don't have the 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 right answer for it, but I have my guess. You know, and my guess. Let's go in parts. Okay, so how has it been? It has been amazing for me. Uh, but I think that for what I hear in not just your podcast, but other podcasts that I listen to uh, about van life, you in the USA have more structure to people who live in vans. So in general, you have more structure. But on the other side, here in Brazil, we have like a, a warm the people are very warm and very welcoming and i mainly stay in small cities so i've never had problems people are like people from the city like small cities they really enjoy my combi they call me in their house to to take a shower to eat, eat with them and things like that but i think that probably you have more infrastructure than we have is more uh, young people it's very interesting like i know some people some young people Actually, friends of mine, uh, even couples who have a, a combi uh, or, uh, or a van, but I don't see much of them on, on the street. Uh, we have the gatherings like you do, like, you know, like you have, I don't know if you have been to one, but I know that in the USA you have van gatherings. We have van gatherings here too. But when I go to van gatherings, there are mainly old people. And why? I don't know the right answer, but probably... It's not a, you know, you do it for longer than we do. So it's a more, uh, it's a culture that is more accepted and more people, more people know about it. More people want to do it. Here in Brazil, we, we are we, we are beginning to have this culture in, this, in the last, I don't know, five, six years, probably. So it's still developing. And that's probably why we don't have young people doing it or much younger people doing it. I wonder, too, if like the pandemic has kind of changed that a little bit, because I know, you know, the Pan American Highway, for example, is a very popular route for travelers, whether you're heading from north to south or south to north. Um, and Brazil would definitely be, you know, a stop on that. So I think maybe, you know, in the last two years that a lot of that Pan American travel has kind of dried up. And so maybe... That might be another reason why you're not seeing as many young people on the trip. Well, pro maybe, but let let me be be be, be pretty. I, I like I don't know if you know someone from Brazil. I, I feel, that's my feeling. Okay, I've done a, a bike travel uh, in the past, like twelve years cycling, uh, like two six hundred kilometers, and I didn't met. It was pretty. It was like two thousand fifteen. And I haven't met many tr Brazilian travelers. I've met uh, people from Argentina, from Chile, and from another uh, uh, South American 
countries. Here in Brazil, I don't know if you know someone from here, but we tend to have people here don't don't do much. I don't know about USA, but in Europe, people or even Argentina, after the people graduate from high school, they normally do a backpacking trip. I don't know if you in the USA it's common, but in Europe, I know it is. In Argentina, also. Here in Brazil, people are more both rich people and poor people. They are more uh, into family and don't don't tend to to travel a lot, like mm. mainly as a backpacker. Again, yeah. I'm not sure that's the reason, but I think that our culture has a, a um, the way our culture relates to traveling and backpacking in general has something to do with it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> that's totally fair. You know, there's definitely differences in culture in terms of what people think is acceptable or, you know, even the thought might even not occur to them uh, that this kind of travel lifestyle is available to them. Yeah. And I do think that that was something that America was uh, in the past was very much you're with your family. You take care of your family members later on uh, when they get older in life, where I think now that's starting to change a little bit. Like people are more willing to move away from their families. They're willing to like explore new places um, and stay in contact with family digitally rather than in person. Um, So I think that's changed a lot here in North America, at least. Um, And I know a lot of other countries in general, Argentina, you know, um, places in South America that is very family orientated and and based Um, working with people. from Croatia and Argentina and many other places around the world, they're all about family, which I totally get and understand. And I think that, um, you know, that's a wonderful thing, but it is also great for you to explore what's beyond that as well. And I think that, that we might be coming into that more as, you know, a global population as life moves on and forward. Yeah, I, I, in general, I think you in the USA are more. You are. You are. You have it. You have this culture more developed in the general because you have like the RV movement, like it's an old movement in, in the USA. But I, I think I would say that in Brazil we are moving towards it. You know, like yeah. uh, we are moving towards it. Uh, it's not as it is. I, I, sometimes I, I watch, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes I watch some YouTube videos and, and listen to some podcasts from the USA. And there's a lot of young people who, 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 who tell on YouTube videos that they go to a gathering and there's a lot of young people there. Uh, and I feel that it's developing here. We have uh, a, a road ahead of us, but it will, it will, hopefully, we will get to 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 where you are right now. And another th- interesting thing you you, to, you you said about family. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, uh, but obviously, we can deny that this lifestyle is a bit different for normal people. Let's say in quotes, yeah. because. We are all normal and different at, at the same time. Uh, but at least for me, uh, uh, many people from my family thought and probably still think that I'm a bit crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, some friends too, but other friends think it's amazing. So I don't know about you, but I know it's a problem. You know, I, I've heard people, even from the USA, telling that they went to a van and 
maybe people think that they are homeless or something like that. And I'm I'm sorry, but it's a little bit stupid to think like that because it's a choice, you know. I don't live in a van because I don't have a choice. I live in a van because it was my choice. Yeah. I have yeah. money enough to live in, a, in an apartment if I want to, a good apartment if I want to, but it's I don't want to. I want, like, you know, it's the minimis, minimalistic way of living and I think... It it will be very interesting when we reach we reach a, a, a state in our culture where it can be more acceptable in general. Yeah. Okay, for example, just just to finish, in my I now I I used to work in a small company. It was a, I'm a developer, so it was a startup, like 20 employees, and they were they were all young like me. So I told them that I lived in a van. Now I work in a big company, like a finance company, and I don't dare to tell people that I live in a van because I think that they may have prejudice and that it may, I, I could have some problem with it. So I prefer not to tell them, which is not good. I would prefer to tell them because, but it's a big company, it's in the finance world, people are more traditional. So I prefer to preserve myself, maybe. I totally understand that. I think that when Frank and I were starting talking about van life and, you know, telling our friends and family, we definitely got some pushback. It doesn't sound like, you know, to the same degree as what you were getting. We got a lot of questions and concern for our safety and that kind of thing. Um, But I totally understand where you're coming from in terms of the corporate world. Um, You know, I was working in a big financial organization in New York City, and I was kind of terrified to tell, you know, my boss and other people Mm -hmm. that, you know, this was our plan and this is what we were doing. Um, I was telling people for my job and they thought I was crazy. And and like straight up, they thought I was nuts. Like they, they thought it was cool that I was like different and I wanted to do something different, but they were like, how could you live in something so tiny? And like, you know, (laughs) a million other questions, like, where are you going to sleep? Like, how are you going to, you know, use the bathroom and shower and like all these different questions they had. Um, and for them, a lot of them had families. So, you know, they, they just thought it was a little bit nuts. And now that we make the videos on it, a lot of them watch them and they think it's absolutely awesome what we do. <laughs> and like, they're like, yeah. you know what? You have it right. We have it wrong. Like a lot of yeah. them say that to me, which, you know, is very bold for a lot of them. Um, but even there's still some of them, like, how could you, you know, poop where you sit? <laughs> you know, that was like one of the questions. And I, I think it's funny because they, like in their mind, it stinks, right? In their mind, it's it's gross, but it's covered. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, we can it, handle it's it. floating around everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just very interesting. Um, I do believe that it has become more acceptable here in the States, but also at the same time, there's a lot of pushback too, you know, yeah, because there sure. are so many people doing it and, you know, it, it's taken away from the aspect of like, you know, being able to like keep a track of where you are, you know, we could go anywhere. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Like, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So, have you seen that movie, which, we, uh, it's a famous movie. It, it, it went to the Orc, Oscars, I think. Like Nomadland? Yeah, yeah. Nomadland, yeah. I have I have a question about it. I don't know if you if you know the the repercussion of it in in, in the USA, but because ha- it's a mainstream movie, so yeah. people became more aware of this lifestyle. It has the, the, the old guy from YouTube, like I don't remember his name, Bob, Bob Wills. Yeah. So uh, has it has it raised awareness in the USA about this lifestyle? Because I think yes. To people who probably weren't aware of the lifestyle. But it's also in a negative way, too. Like it, yeah, the, because the movie is a bit, it's a bit moody. You know? It's depressing. Yeah. It's depressing and yeah. it's very much about, you know, somebody who's down on their luck. They don't have the cash. It's like, you know, the, she's grieving the death of her husband. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. And a lot yeah. of the people that she's meeting are kind of having the same experience in van life. Um, whereas when we meet people and the way that we're traveling, um, well, and she's our lifestyle is not reflected in the movie. Yeah. She's, yeah, for sure. she's also hard for money, like doing these random jobs where we, a lot of us work digitally now, you yes. know, so our lifestyle, like, yeah, granted we didn't make a ton of money this year. Um, but we are able to live our lifestyle and put away a little bit of money on the year and travel literally full time going all different places. As if you watch our YouTube channel, or you listen to the podcast, you know how often we travel like every week we're in a new place basically. Um, so with that being said, it just had, it didn't reflect the, the new movement of van life. Right. So, so, but you think it was more prejudicial because it, it people became to see it as like, Oh, those people have financial problems, or it was good in general. What do I don't you know. I think it was a mixture of both. Like, I think it was good in the general sense of like it might have opened up people's passion to want to travel, but at the same time, when you watch a movie like that, you're placing yourself in the person's position, right? Yeah. So everybody's position actually is technically different. Like Alex and myself even have a little bit different position in you know, how we feel generally and your position from us is different, right? So unless you watch the movie on everybody's life in this, you know, van life in this, in this lifestyle, you're not going to get a good roundabout picture of what it really is and what it's going to be to you. We travel a lot where other people might not travel as much. You know, some people might stay in one spot for a month might stay in a spot for a year where we're constantly moving. So yeah. just for us, it's a, it, it's different than the next person. How do you feel that it's changed perception in Brazil? Well, in Brazil, I would say that it was, it was not as famous as it was in the USA. Not too many people watched it for what I've heard. Uh, although it was on Oscars here in Brazil, even the, the blockbusters films, because it is a blockbuster film, but it's a little, it's not, like uh hollywood traditional movie so mm-hmm. i don't know if a lot of people saw it uh the people that i that i knew know of that saw it uh 
they really, I, I don't think they really got, you know, the, 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 the idea of the lifestyle because they didn't even know, knew the lifestyle. So they got like an idea, they didn't got the whole picture. Maybe in the USA, even though it is, it's not a happy movie, people know of the lifestyle, or at least have heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that in Brazil, it, 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 it didn't do much, much, it didn't rose the, 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 the lifestyle to a, to a good position in general. Like people who saw it understood it, but didn't, <laughs> some of them that don't even know it's a lifestyle in Brazil. It's a like, a, like a, they, they, they see it as something from the USA because gotcha. there are a lot of movie or RV movies from the USA. So people. I don't know that if they really related to it. Sure. There's but one that's my thing. point of view. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. There's one other thing about the movie that um, for me, I would have made a, quite a few different decisions than she made. You know what I mean? Like um, towards the end of the movie where she is, you know, uh, able to, she was with that guy kind of dating him. They could have yeah. lived a, it would seem like could have been a much better lifestyle if she would have took him up on it um but decided not to for her own purposes you know uh which for her i'm sure is okay but you know i look at it as there's many choices that i would have made differently than yeah. you know say what she did you know yeah i think uh, yeah as any movie from as any big movie it's too dramatic you know it could yeah. be less dramatic and more realistic. I don't know if you if you've seen like on YouTube you have some documentaries about van life. People from YouTube did it, but it's, there are big documentaries there, like one million views. I don't I don't remember the names. There is the one called like Boom 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 Life. I don't know the name, but they are more much more realistic, you know. Uh, so I think that the movie was good in general because you know. Van life moving in Hollywood movie is a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's mo- it's a bit dramatic. Uh, I don't know if you saw the other YouTube documentaries. I really I'm hooked up to them. They are really interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've definitely went down the rabbit hole on the YouTube scene. <laughs> important um, when you're look when you're researching van life is to find people who are like you so that you could kind of get an idea from them. Like if you have children, look for people with children. If you are traveling as a couple, look for couples. If you're a solo, look for people, you know, who are your same age or your same gender and like, what are their challenges? And then that I think will give you a better picture of like what you can expect from the lifestyle. Yeah. Hobby based, you know, like if you are a snowboarder or if you are a rock climber, or if you just like to hike, you know, look for search specifically for those types of things, because then you could kind of get an idea of what, you know, exactly what you might be getting yourself into. And even then you don't know exactly because their experience is different than yours. So like you kind of just have to live it yourself. So like for Alex and I, we're fortunate and we have a very positive outlook on a lot of things. So we tend to come into a lot of positive uh, situations, you know, people offering us, you know, just like you, a shower or just company friendship, you know, we, we have that happen quite often. uh, And I think it has a lot to do with outlook, you know, and like, for instance, in the movie, uh, the outlook was kind of negative and sad. 
where and she was meeting people exactly like that too because that is her outlook on life or that person's yeah. outlook on life where for us we're meeting more adventurous people and yeah. more people that are just um interested in uh getting out there and exploring a bit more and having fun with it you know yeah so I want to hear more about van life in Brazil yeah. and what, you know, if people make it there or people are traveling there, what can they expect from, you know, traveling and moving around in Brazil? Some of the highlights and the lowlights. Well, so to start with, I, I, uh, I again, I, I've never been to the USA. So I, I think I'm probably talking to, to people from the USA here because I think mainly people who here are from the USA. So I could say that I'm not sure exactly how it is there, but for what I hear, the first thing I would say that we have less structure, okay? So I, I know that you have like big shops in, in big cities that maybe you can boondock at the, at, not boondock, but you can sleep at, at the their at the, the parking lot here we don't have that much we don't have big campsites or things like that but on the other hand we have pretty small cities like brazil is pretty big usa is also immense but we have it's pretty big so we have a lot a lot a lot of small cities on the road so i would give them the 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 tip to stay on the big cities don't go to the bigger ones uh, we have, I don't know if you know this, this because, but we sometimes have a, we have a bit more problems with, with, uh, with thief and with violence on small, on, on bigger cities. So I'm not saying that it, it's a big problem. I've never had one a problem, and I've slept on big cities, but it's always good to be aware, you know. So stay on small cities and enjoy small cities because people here are very welcoming. Like they, as they don't see a lot of people doing that, when you come to a small city as a van life, you, like, you are like an, an UFO, you know, people like think, oh my God, this, this magical person who came in the van, like they never saw a person doing that. And so they are, they are like very welcoming and, and really want to help. So I think that 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 it would be great, and also we have a, a lot of beautiful places. Like we have incredible and places in nature, so you can go there and really enjoy it. So stay out of big cities and meet people on small cities. <laughs> that's my advice. I think that's great advice, even for America. You know, yeah. like it, it's always in the smaller towns and the smaller places where you meet the friendliest people. You have the best outdoor activities. Um, and the big cities is where all the crime is and things like yeah. that. And you have to worry more. Um, so I think, you know, that's very relatable. And at least for us, we tried to get out of the big cities. We ha actually left the big city for that purpose. We wanted to explore more nature and smaller towns and cities. So that's why we also enjoy that experience. Yeah. So right now you were telling us before the podcast, you are you've bought a property, an old property, and you're fixing it up. Um, and then you have plans to travel again. So, you know, a lot of nomads will have a house or a home and they rent it out or turn it into an income. Is that kind of, that's your plan? Yeah. So what has happened to me? Okay. I, I began traveling when I was still studying uh, programming and I was working. 
So I was working a lot, like 10 hours. I, I, I mean, I was working like six, six hours a day and then studying four hours a day. So in total, 10 hours a day. And I didn't really feel like, oh my God, I'm living van life to its fullest, you know? I'm not saying it wasn't good. It was really good. It was pretty better than staying uh, in a in a city because at least at the weekends I I got time to 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 see places. But I, I start feeling that I I I should work less, you know. And as I'm a I'm an employee to a company, I have to work eight hours. So I'm trying to find ways to work less and be able to 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 travel more. So one way to doing it is building up this place, uh, having some place to come back to if I want to, but probably raining, raining it out. So I have some passive income and I'm also building a, a, a project with uh, some friends so that probably, I hope so, we can have a small company and hopefully work less or even if you don't work less maybe have some more flexibility because i don't know about you i think that uh, for what i see in your podcast and you can you can tell me a bit more about it but i i think that you don't work like for a, a normal job and i don't know if you know people who do it but it's a bit hard you know to do van life and work eight hours yeah I think sorry. I know a lot of people that we've met on the road have full-time jobs and it definitely does take away from your ability to like hang out with other van like a lot of people who enter into van life are operating on savings or they don't have any job yeah. at all. Um so we're in a position where we do work a lot um but we can work when we want to work. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, we work more than eight hours a day mo most of the time, but when people are around, we can hang out with the people yeah. during that day. And then we come back to the van later that night. We work, you know, when we get back to the van for a few hours before we go to bed. And then we'll wake up early in the morning and work before anybody else is up even. Yeah. And then be able to come back outside and hang out. Uh, it is a lot more work than <laughs> probably the nine to five. But yeah. it's work that we're willing to do. It's work that we want to do. We're not on somebody else's schedule. We're on our own schedule. So yeah, it definitely makes it, this lifestyle for us um, a lot more fun. Um, you but know. I get what you're saying about, you know, creating something with your friends and having these other kind of avenues to have revenue. And I think one thing a lot of people on the road need to think about is that like, it's good to have multiple different streams of income. So like if you're making a little bit from the rental property and a little bit from the business, yeah you know, and then maybe you can go to part-time hours at the job instead of full-time hours, yes. you know, just to have that flexibility. Yes. I think that the, I don't, I, I'm not really bothered by the, the, the fact that I work eight hours. Actually, normally I work more than eight hours because I have, I'm building this product. That, that's not a problem for me. The mm. problem is I don't have as much flexibility as you do. And uh, I would like to have the, 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 the option, for example, sometimes I want to hike for three days, for four days, for five yeah. days, and I can't. So if I had a passive income, I could like not have a, a, a nine to five job, have a company, um, a company which is mine, and I have some 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 two people with me. And then if I want to hike for five days, I just 
call them and say, okay, I'm hiking for five days. Can you hold things until I'm back? So I would have more flexibility on that point. So the problem is not working eight hours. The problem is having to follow a somewhat tight schedule. I have some flexibility because development word is flexible, but it's a tight schedule sometimes. So Yeah, there's a little difference between what you're doing and what we're doing. You will get there eventually. It's a matter of time uh, and and getting there, uh, which luckily for you, you're still young. You have a lot of time to create that. And I think you will over that time. Um, But like, let's get into the hiking aspect. You know, what got you into hiking? Where are some of the places that you would recommend in Brazil and or the places that you have traveled uh, for people out there that are avid hikers, uh, where would where would they go? Okay, so I hiked since I was 18 years old. I h- hiked a lot. I l- enjoy, I love camping, like going three, four days, walking a trail and camping uh, all, the, uh, all those days. So <laughs> I have some places that I went. Uh, the city that I'm in right now is a pretty famous city. It's called Serra do Cipó. Actually, I met a Vin Lifer from Argentina here another day. <laughs> they, they came here. Oh. So it's a pretty, pretty famous place for climbers, like climbers from all around the world came come here and also for waterfalls. We have like a lot, a lot, a lot of water. So there are some incredible waterfalls here, like really incredible waterfalls. And it's pretty interesting to hike here. There's a place here in Brazil. I don't know if many people who come here know of it because it's not that famous. Not even in Brazil, it's becoming more famous, but it's called a Royal Road. I could translate as Royal Road. Like in the past, when we were were colonized, uh, our uh, main state was Rio de Janeiro, right? So... People went to the to the countryside to gather gold and diamonds, and they they came back to Rio on this road, the Royal Road they call it. So now it's like a historical place. It goes uh, in from like one state into Rio. It's like thirty thousand. I'm sorry, thirty hundred kilometers. Okay, thirteen. 100 kilometers and it goes in small cities like really really small cities big farms farms from the 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 colonial age like really incredible place i i did a, a travel by bike on, on this road and i really i really recommend it uh it's pretty pretty interesting it's called the royal road or in or in portuguese like Estrada hell Cool. Very interesting. I love that. I want to also talk about the bike ride that you did because I think that is extremely interesting. Where where did you do the full bike ride? Like, how long was it? Did you travel through a couple different countries when you did it, or was it just one place? And how long did it take? Okay, so I, I did a, a part of this this royal road that I just told you. Uh, it, it's just in Brazil. It takes. It goes from. It it goes. Uh, in three states here in Brazil, uh, it took like 15 days. It's 600 kilometers. I went alone. I was actually I was 21 at the time. I think uh, it it was really interesting. I, I've always wanted to travel by bike. I've read some books uh, of people who travel by bike. Like I I, I don't know bike 
bike traveling or bike touring is not exactly like van life, but it's somewhat related. And there are a lot of books of people who did it. And I really enjoy, I really want to have a bike in my rig in the future. Nowadays, I'm not able to do it, but I think it's very interesting. So I did this travel, uh, it's 600 kilometers, 15 days, like my bike, myself, two, two bags, a tent, I used to sleep in the in the side of the road. <laughs> it was very mm -hmm. interesting. I was like in a moment of of changing my. I was young. I was 21. I was thinking about my objectives in life, and I wasn't pretty sure. I wanted to to keep on the the, the road that I was. My life was going, and it was really like a, a self discovering travel, maybe. So I think it was really interesting. Traveling by bike is actually really interesting. You are you are the bike like when you travel by by van it's it's awesome but when you are on the road you are inside a car. When you are by bike you are you have to feel the road because it's hard, you know. It's hard to ride the bike on the road. It's not mm -hmm. easy. You have to go up the hill and go down the hill and go up the hill. And yeah. it really gives you time to think. <laughs> I think it's really uh -huh. interesting. Did you, when you, when you were riding the bike, were you riding with music in your ear? Was it completely uh, just you and, and the road and the bike? Well, I had an, an, an MP3 at that time. At the beginning, I, I heard music for about one day, two days, but then I, I just, I didn't want to hear music anymore. I just wanted to, 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 to travel and 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 just enjoy the moment you know I, I think that i don't know if you do exercise a lot but exercise is a way of like entering a meditative state you know and when you travel 15 days in my in my example 15 days but i i've i've known people who travel by bike for like two years after like five days i was like meditating <laughs> i don't know what i was doing but when i was Writing, my mind was doing something that I didn't even knew, but I didn't want to listen to music. I just wanted to be there. I don't know how to explain it, but I, totally I know that exercise puts you on that position, you know. Well, well I think you're so single-minded focused at that point, you know, like your body is just working on operating the bike and navigating where you're going that, you know, there's no room or space for anything else. Whereas I feel yeah. like a lot of the times we're so distracted and dialed into our computers or the TV or, you know, whatever that, you know, it's impossible to kind of get into those meditative states. And I think yeah. a lot of people just are like, oh, I can't meditate. Like, that's not for me. Meanwhile, you know, they've never really tried, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. But I think that's really great. What do you have kind of planned for, you know, what's the next year look like for you? Where are you going? What are your big goals? Well, so if everything goes as planned, it will take me about six months to to raise up this house again because the house is a little bit old and uh, there's a wall which is which is falling, so I have to raise it up again. So I, I hope to stay here for for six more months. During those months, I plan on having the house livable in about three months, and then trying to sell my combi. And for the next three months, or maybe a little bit more, four months, buy a, another van and build it out. 
so that I, I have a more a bigger structure and uh, with more comfort and more you know a bigger structure in general. And I really want to go south to Argentina and probably north to the USA. So I hope I I'm able to do it. Uh, and I I'm really I'm really positive about it because uh, I really feel that my job allows it now. You know, I really can do it now. It's easier than it was two years ago. That's amazing that you have the flexibility with your job to be able to do all of these things. Um, it sounds like you've got a full plate and you're going to be very busy. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I, 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 I just complained a little bit about my, my, my life, my job style, but it wasn't a complaint. Actually, I'm pretty happy about it. It could be, it could be better as we just talked about, but in general, I think it's amazing. You know, I have like a lot of, a lot of flexibility and it's possible to live the the life I want to live and yeah. the, the life I always wanted to live actually. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot better than what a lot, pe a lot of people out there have it. I think that having that appreciation for it is yeah, for sure. something that we should all do in our everyday lives is to remember to reflect back and be thankful, uh, especially when we are living something very close to exactly what we want in life um because yeah. there's a lot of people out there that the option is so far-fetched that they don't even know it's realistic you know yeah. um so yeah i think that's great that you're able to reflect and say that uh if i was somebody that is going down to brazil or um south america what kind of advice would you have for me um as a new traveler in south america <laughs> okay so be a little bit aware of police officers in general okay <laughs> in south america we have some corruption going on it's not i'm not saying that to scare you off not not as not at all but it's a it's a it's an interesting thing to to be aware of because they we have a problem here in Brazil with, with gringos. We call it gringos, you know, people that are not from here. Some Brazilian people want to take advantage on gringos, like, uh, and that's a bad thing. So be aware of that. Uh, it's not a, a, a way of saying that you shouldn't go, come here, but it's a good to have. On the other hand, uh, I think it's an amazing place. I've never been to other places in South America. I hope I can do it in the next one, one and a half years. Uh, I don't know if much people from the USA come here. Uh, the, the people that I hear on the internet, may, for what I hear, they, they mainly stand on the USA. But here is we have like amazing places, amazing people. So I, I think you can really enjoy it you know I, i've i've met people from italy i've met people from the usa who traveled here by by van and some of them even are here they bought a house or rent a house <laughs> in brazil <laughs> for like five years now so i think that that could be an advice like take take care of the police officers <laughs> and enjoy the places because we have a lot of beautiful places so it kind of sounds like the only thing that you need to just be aware of would realistically be the corruption in uh, in the police. And I think that's great advice um, because I think that happens in a lot of different places. 
um, other countries other than like, you know, in America and Canada is where we travel, where you don't really have much of that. Um, but yeah, just having that advice and understanding that we have another podcast that will be coming out with Zeki that kind of talks more on the police aspect of, you know, Mexico, Central America, uh, with having similar, uh, corruption in those areas. Um, Thank you so much for being on the podcast too, buddy. Uh, we thank you for reaching out. We, you are a great guest here. And we look at going down to Brazil eventually uh, in our travels. So hopefully we can meet up uh, at some point in time when we come down that way. Maybe you could show us the ropes. Yeah, hope you can find, we can meet on the halfway because I'm going north, you are going south. So maybe we meet in Mexico or maybe Cuba, uh, Cuba or some, some place around that. It will be yeah, good yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it'd be wonderful. I, I think that we will be um hopefully within the next year, you know, be kind of in Central America. So yeah, if that really? if that works out, that'd be wonderful. And yeah, man. And if you um, need some advice, if you need some I, I know some people who travel here, so if you need some advice or some contacts, just call me. Yeah, and not just us, uh, but the other people out there listening. Is there a way that they could get in touch with you as well? Um, we yes. will link in the description below. Uh, I I don't take my van life adventure like as a way of earning money. So my Instagram is closed for personal reasons. But you can try and contact me there. I have to approve. If you follow me, I have to approve it. But it is nomadi.sobri.rodas which is nomad on wheels in portuguese so if you want to try and contact me there it's not a big instagram i have like 15 500 followers it's small i don't take much time there but uh -huh. try and contact me and i hope i can help you with with whatever i can well, thank you so much. This has been really helpful for us. Um, and we appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with us. As well as listening to the podcast. Yeah, I really enjoy your podcast. It's hard to find van life podcasts out there, you know. <laughs> so it's really good when you you when you and when you release your episodes, I listen to them all like on the next day when where you release today, I'm listening tomorrow. So oh, it's really good. That's amazing. We love that. Thank, thank, you, thank you so much. So much. Man, it's so crazy to hear the difference between van life in another country compared to America. I think that we have it pretty great here. I mean, for all the obstacles or certain towns not allowing overnight or things like that. I mean, it just means that there's so many van lifers here, so many opportunities to make new friends. And also so many services, like mm -hmm. all the gas stations and dump sites and all these things that you can, you know, fill up your water and get all the services that you need or even campgrounds if that's something that you want to you know we don't do campgrounds but if you did they're literally all over the country for real and I, you know it's incredible because i feel like a lot of people tend to figure out the negativity and things and they complain about stuff but when you complain about it come back listen to a podcast like this and realize how good we have it you know what i mean like we need to not complain and really just enjoy living in the moment and being a part of something so different instead of looking for the negative things. Absolutely. I think that that's kind of a general theme in life 
completely. You know, like you're going to see the world that you perceive in your mind. Mm -hmm. So if you think that van life is hard and you can't find services and it's so difficult to, you know, move through the country, that those are the kind of obstacles that are going to present themselves to you. Yeah, I think that people that are very successful in this lifestyle and successful in life in general tend to have this kind of outlook on life. And instead of dwelling on negativity, they find the positive and or just move on from the negativity and figure out what they need to do their next step, um, you know, to become successful in whatever they're doing. And the people that do this in van life are the ones that could live it for as long as they want and could create a business out of it. And, you know, to be able to travel to different countries, you know, that that is the, mostly the outlook of those type of people. Absolutely. And I think if you look back uh, a couple episodes on our YouTube channel, it was called Surviving Our Coldest Night in the Van. We had an absolute garbage night. We were having heater issues at minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Alex was having headaches and stuff. Oh my God, I had a terrible migraine. I thought I was going to puke. I was like, we were not doing good. No. And then we woke up to frozen plumbing and all of that. And it was just like one... You know, if you wanted to look at that as the worst day ever, you could have absolutely looked at that as your worst day ever. But instead, Frankie and I were like, all right, this is just an obstacle getting us to where we need to go. Something good is going to come out of this. We're going to, you know, figure it out. Everything's going to be fine. And even just saying that out loud, even though we might not have 100% meant it, you know, like you're struggling, you're, you know, feeling pretty low. But if you could still be like, Something good is going to happen. This is all for a reason. We're going to get something out of this that was, you know, the obstacle is leading us to a win. And yeah, and that win was, I was actually, before we get into exactly what the win was, I was actually trying to look up garages and whatnot to like possibly work inside of like it was heated so garages. Cold. It was so cold. And then I, when we were in the store looking for the proper products, uh, I wound up saying to the guy, you know, if only I could find... Uh, a garage space to to be able to work in it would make this a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable and then they didn't have the product that we needed so we left and we went to a different store we went to an o'reilly's and got the products that we need and when i was outside working in the 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 driveway area or the 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 parking area of the o'reilly's uh this gentleman comes up and winds up offering us a garage space yeah but, like, we put it out into the universe. Yeah. And the universe provided. Like, this is what we need. We don't know where it's going to come from. But it doesn't seem to be presenting to itself, but we're just going to let it ride, and well, then it shows up. And that's the biggest thing. We let it ride. We, like, got into the flow of it and just started to figure out what we need to do. We were going to do it regardless of whatever happened, and then, bam. It just like that, it happened. Right. I think stewing in the negative, whether it's, about van life or your personal life or, you know, a relationship or, you know, your job, anything is not going to get you where you want to be going. Mm -hmm. You've got to, I was actually just reading something this morning and it was like, write down, you know, where you want to be. You know, it's the beginning of the year. At the beginning of next year, what do you want to see in your life? Where do you want to be? Put it on paper, you know, and even if you just put it on paper and you don't look at it again, you know, next January 2023, when you look at that page, you will be amazed at how many of those things have actually come to fruition mm. or something better. And even if you haven't 
made it to that exact goal that you wanted, you could see how much closer you got as well. Mm -hmm. So like even last year for us, we didn't make nearly the amount of money that we made this year. It still wasn't a lot of money, but it was definitely like a double up from last year. We're progressing in the positive direction. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, that doesn't mean that we're, we're, you know, head over heels about where exactly we are in that sense in monetary value. But I think we're head over heels about life. Oh, hell yeah. And I think we're really positive about the direction that everything is going and, you know, the moves that we've made in the last year to get us in that right direction and to set ourselves up so that this year can be even better than last year. I want you to write a review if you are not in the exact situation that you kind of want to be in, in the sense of, like, who gets to live their best life and also work at the same time, like if you're not one of those people, write a review and tell me what it is that you want to do and let's make a goal and get you there. And we will feature you guys next week as the comment of the week on our podcast. This is where we usually drop our favorite person. And this week we actually want to highlight our sponsor. So on Anchor, you can actually support podcasts that you love. So we want to give a big shout out to Eve, our monthly sponsor, she's donating 99 cents a month, which doesn't sound like a lot, but honestly, it's incredibly helpful to us. And if 100 people donated 99 cents a month, we'd be in a pretty good spot. Yeah, that'd be $100 a month, and we'd be very happy <laughs> in the sense of the podcast. Like, we have not promoted the podcast enough, and we need to do more of it. And we're just so grateful that you guys have found it on your own or through a friend or somebody sharing it. So if you love this podcast and you think it would be helpful to somebody, please give it a share. Share it to one of your friends. Share it to your platform. Share it however you would like. We would be very grateful to be shared out there and get a larger audience to help. And another super easy way that you can support the podcast, whether you're shopping from our Amazon page or not, if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash FNA Van Life, before you start shopping on Amazon, anything that you buy on Amazon will kick back to us. So if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash FNA Van Life, and then anything that you buy in the next 24 hours actually sends some pocket change our way as well. And it doesn't cost you guys anything extra. It just simply sends us a little money our way. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's sharing the wealth. Yeah. And we actually have a full listing there of all of the things that we have in our van, so everything from our electrical system to our kitchen setup, all of the bibs and bobs that went into building Olive. If you're looking for any van life things, then that's a great place to go. But also just shopping from that page instead of just going to Amazon.com, you go to Amazon.com slash shop slash FNA van life and start shopping from there. And then you're definitely supporting the show and helping us stay on the road and keeping these podcasts coming. Heck yeah. Well, we are so thankful for all you guys listening out there. Thank you so much to Leandro for being on this podcast, for telling us all about Brazil and his travels. We wish you nothing but the best, buddy. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast as well. And we hope that you guys have an FNA day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Van Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.